Okay, so hello. Yeah, hello everyone. Thank you for joining from the forum. Um, as you all know, in traditional you know, internet society, users do not have a control of their digital identities and our information storing in the central data centers could be easily uh, compromised, illegally traded and profited. So every project here, we are working in our best to build a truly user controlled protocol and a service. So we are partnering with CyberConnect and Shuisting again. I've said the event that was founded for them. Uh, welcome, Shui. Thank you, Hor. Nice to be here. Thank you, bro. Uh, always very excited to work with you. Uh, in the same time, we had a net full uh, spread founder speaking too. They are uh, Victor. Oh, of nine. Uh, we have Hash from EPMS. Hey, Howard. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. Amazing. Amazing to have you here. We have Isu from Musk Network. Yes, nice to be here. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, Isu. We have a Victor from um, Swarm. Uh, hey, Richter, can, can you hear us? Can you hear me now, guys? Great. <laughs> okay. Yes, sweet. Yeah. Uh, yeah, sweet to have you here. Um, we have a Sherlock from Mason. Hey, hey, thanks, Howard. Hey, Sherlock here. Mason, I won. Enjoy. <laughs> Great. Thanks, everyone, for joining this forum. Uh, just to let you know, we are not isolated from world trending topics. So we'd like you know, to switch our first you know, discussion to Luna and UST collapse incident recently. So, so dramatically and panic in the last two days in crypto markets. So, you know, right to so many fortunes in only two days. So, as a founder, uh, in your opinion, what are the most in important experience or lessons we we have learned from this crisis? And in your opinion, as a founder, what's the most the, uh, important element to build and secure a Web3 project? Um, I, I'd like to start with Victor. Hi. Uh, there's probably lots of wisdom that can be. Um, said about this, but on, on, the, on the one hand, if, if you really want to draw the conclusions of a technically uh, advanced audience, then talk about like how, how to secure uh, stable coins, then probably I'm not really, I don't think it's myself particularly qualified. And if any other comment, I would rather refuse because that would, that would maybe just comment on the on the actual uh, crash, so to say, and how many times have we said before, like, oh, Bitcoin has crashed, Ethereum has crashed, but, you know, it's like, uh, it's, it, it doesn't do justice to my, my conviction and, and in the intense long-term long -term bullish attitude towards, towards crypto because I, I think it's just inevitable that this field is, is, is going to take over and, 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 and concentrating on, on any kind of price fluctuations or, 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 the, or the fall of one, one fifth when its consequences short-term, uh, I, I think it would, would, would give the wrong message that uh, I, I kind of want to give a strong message here that I'm, I'm, I'm in for the long run. Right, yeah, thanks for comment, yeah. Shu? Yeah, <clears throat> I think from the technical side, there's definitely going to be some flow of the USD and the Terra design. But um, ultimately, I think the market crash uh, directly result to the crash of the Luna and the USD. Uh, but I mean, for the long term, it's definitely good for the whole market because every, every crash, it's gonna test the security and the scalability of the of the whole system, and uh, if we find out those problems in the early stage of the crypto space, we're definitely gonna learn from the lesson and uh, trying to design a better protocol and uh, put into better practice in the future. Right. 
Great, yeah, thank you, Shu. Uh, what, what's your what's your thought of behind this issue? Well, um, technically, um, I'm gonna. I'd like to pass this question, but I, I, I'd really um, <clears throat> agree on what she just said, that um, building a better protocol or build a like, more secure protocol is the key to success, I guess. Yeah, I just pass this. Okay, thank you. Um, Harsh, do you have anything to share with us you know, for the non ISD, uh crisis? Got it. So, I mean, I, I had the opportunity to uh, interact with Bukon, uh, maybe indirectly at times and i do feel he's a very strong founder so i do agree with all the sentiments over here like uh, uh you know creating a stable coin that is algorithmic uh it was a very good uh, uh equation one and uh, of course uh, it crashed because of certain uh, uh sentiments in the market and because of you know unfortunate uh unfortunate uh, consequences so I mean, in the short term, I know it hurt a lot of people, a lot of people who are born into Luna. But I think in the long term, it uh, basically is good for the entire crypto market. And knowing Dukon and in general, seeing Terra perform uh, uh, for the past years, uh, instead of you know the past couple of days, I think that they will come out stronger than ever out of it. Uh, and yeah, that's that's the beauty of crypto. Like uh, we are still so early that there's no perfect formula for the stable coin. I think Terra is quite close. I think Dai is quite close to figuring that out. So yeah, that's exciting. Right. Thanks for sharing. And uh, Sherrod, what's your comment on this? Uh, actually, uh, I think it's just no. I have seen lots of like fluctuates of the, the the second price and someone will decide something to hack for the uh, basic mechanism so maybe uh most, most people will think that the, the crash of the luna ust will will uh at some degrees take take the whole market into the beer but i think it's okay because yeah if you have a bubble you need, you need to take some risk and when the price is not quite crazy, so people can focus more on the things which is really important. Yeah, that's my uh, some opinions. Thanks, Howard. Okay, so I can actually get another, you know, uh, I'm not sure if this is stupid or not. Do we need so many stable coins in the crypto? Yes. I'm not sure, you know, it's because you, you, you have any thought about it. Is it about so many, you know, different kind of uh, stable coins? I mean, yeah, I mean, it can't be USDC, USDT, and DAI, that works well. And suddenly, you know, USDT got like really hard in the past couple of months, and now it's uh, totally crashed. Okay, if, if, you don't got, if you guys don't have anything to share, we can move uh, you know, to the next uh, question, I will uh, let a sheet lead that, uh, you know, back to our thing. Yeah, sure. Um, I think the first question would be the sharing of the founder story. So I think most people are going to be very interested, including me, going to be very interested in how you get into this space. And uh, I would love to hear your story. And uh, how did you get started with your project? So let's start with the luck. Sherlock, would you share your story of how you get into oh. this? 
He's not a speaker right now. We are trying to get him on board and Victor too. So okay. Maybe, yeah. Okay. Sure. So maybe Yisu. <laughs> okay. Uh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Thanks for for this opportunity to like to introduce the mask once again. So um. Hey, my name is CC, and I'm I'm the founder and the CTO of like Mass Network. Um, we started this project like three years ago. Uh, when it was like March or or February twenty nineteen. Um, like Mass Network or Mask has been in a a a browser extension, uh, since day one, and our goal was to um fight the um <clears throat> the data privacy abuse of uh, abusions over the uh, web two platforms like Facebook and Twitter. Um, uh, we started this project because like we want to defend users' privacy using our own tools, which is the cryptography. So uh, if you set up your like own mass network account, all you will see is to set up a persona um, upon setup, which is just a private key. And then uh, we will use your like the, the public key derived from your private key as your persona to be publicly um, shown on your profile page. Anybody that has the access to your persona or to your public key can encrypt messages to you directly on Twitter or Facebook. Uh, so we wanted, uh, the reason why we started this project uh, was this like as simple as like defending user privacy, but later on we found that uh, we definitely can just encrypt um, plain text but we can also encrypt um, scripts or, or, or like um, applications inside of these like payloads. So uh, we started to integrate uh, many decentralized apps inside of the Twitter post, like uh, the the red packets or the initial Twitter offering and uh, and uh, and other stuff. Um, this is how we started this project and uh, developed uh, over three years towards this state. And then uh, we are also developing a new like decentralized identity protocol called, uh, called NextID. Uh, and then I think I got the chance to describe how it works and how we started like later in other questions, I guess. And I will like leave the this question to someone else. Sounds good. Thank you, Yisu. Thanks for sharing. And uh, next one, uh, how about Harsh? Can you share your story? Awesome. Uh, yeah, I would love to. So, uh, guys, just before I come to the story, a, a little bit about uh, Ethereum push notification service or EPNS for short. Uh, well, essentially, uh, why we created EPNS? Uh, uh, well, we realized that uh, uh, while the was growing and everyone was building so many cool things, no one actually paid attention to the communication layer. For the web tree, entire web tree. I know Ethereum push notification service, so it becomes like a misnomer, but yeah. Uh, just to put that in context, uh, like imagine right now we are on Twitter, we are talking to each other on Twitter usernames, when we are on uh, WhatsApp, we talk to each other on WhatsApp usernames. But when you come to web tree, your wallet addresses, which are your usernames, there's no way that you can talk to them or notify. 
and that created a lot of problems in the ecosystem like uh, for example defi so anything defi related like if your loans are getting liquidated you don't get to know about it even ens if your domain is expiring you don't get to know about it governance you don't get to know about proposals come and go and so on and so forth so that was something we realized back in uh, you know april 2020 yeah we started building this to eth global uh, shout out to any of uh, you guys who have a cool idea eth global 2022 is going on so you can go and build the next cool thing over there uh, but yeah uh, moving back to the point so the idea was like uh, the idea was and is is to create a decentralized communication protocol using which any app any backend any smart contract any protocol can send communications that are tied to wallet address in a open multi-chain gasless and platform agnostic way uh, open basically means that just like ethereum any crypto content can listen to ethereum data and show it out same with communication and now you can any crypto content can just integrate epns protocol and show these notifications out multi-chain because we believe that a user of ethereum will be a user of polygon and a user of bitcoin and a user of gp solana uh, and because of that uh, uh, these communications should of course flow from a user of ethereum to user of solana and vice versa uh platform agnostic because you know uh, notifications and communication should be everywhere and uh, gasless because not many people like gas uh, so yeah that that was the idea that's what we are building uh, we started with notifications first because you don't get to know about proposals come and go and so on and so forth so that was something we realized back in uh, you know april 2020 yeah we started building this back in uh, you know april 2020 yeah we started building this through eth global uh shout out to any of uh, you guys who have a cool idea eth global 2022 is going on so you can go and build the next cool thing over there uh but yeah uh, moving back to the point so the idea was like uh, the idea was and is is to create a decentralized communication protocol using which any app any backend any smart contract any protocol can send communications that are tied to wallet address in a open multi-chain gasless and platform agnostic way uh, open basically means that just like ethereum any crypto content can listen to ethereum data and show it out same with communication and now you can any crypto content can just integrate epns protocol and show these notifications out multi-chain because we believe that a user of ethereum will be a user of polygon and a user of bitcoin and a user of gp solana uh, and because of that uh, uh, these communications should of course flow from a user of ethereum to user of solana and vice versa uh, platform agnostic because you know uh, notifications and communication should be everywhere and uh, gasless because <laughs> not many people like gas uh, so yeah that that was the idea that's what we are building uh, we started with notifications first because that was something that dapps really needed and you cannot basically build a whatsapp before building uh, the notification layer so that's what it we recently launched back in january on ethereum and we are launching on polygon very soon after that we probably launch on an on evm network as well so yeah that's a bit about pns how we started or how i started getting into the space that's more fun because uh, i started back in 2016 uh by buying bitcoin when it was $1000 as luck would have it as soon as i bought it it crashed to $200 with uh, basically me and meant that i had to trade right because everyone want to make up that loss so i started trading uh in 2016 to make up the loss 
use a classic strategy by high sell low didn't work out but what it did was it made me aware that there are many tokens apart from bitcoin so using that uh, knowledge and also observing that whenever a token came on an exchange the value went up or down depending on the popularity of the exchange i built a bot uh, at that point i didn't know it was called arbitrage bot but yeah, i built that out in 2018 it started picking up a lot of ethereum erc20 coins which spiked my interest to look into ethereum that was when i realized that you can program on ethereum uh, i i have been an entrepreneur for like 10 years so I wanted to do something in ethereum but because i was a entrepreneur before i knew that before you can do something you have to basically get that knowledge so a year and a half i worked at a fintech company doing p2p meta transactions and uh, uh, aggregate identity but just for ethereum that was uh, like in 2018 so you know people didn't realize that we need did for the entire web3 uh, but yeah uh, that was the basic journey and with 2019 and uh, i realized that you know this uh, communication layer is not invented and uh, uh, that's when you know we created epns or we started working on epns so that's my story thanks harsh that's very exciting um yeah so next um victor would you like to share your story i know you are very early in this space and uh, we will and swarm used to be one of the most important part of the ethereum blockchain so i would love to hear your story of how you get into this space and uh, your your story behind swarm all right uh, thank you very much so uh, i i i i've been a fighter for freedom and liberty and, and interested in all kinds of technologies uh, including like you know financial system that uh, fosters this this freedom of expression and, and in general makes less dependence on On, on power structures, and uh, uh, so I was I was already mining and knowing about Bitcoin uh, back in the back in the day when Ethereum uh, the idea came from Vitalik, and I, I immediately uh, thought it's 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 amazing thing like to put so Turing complete VM on 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 the blockchain what a crazy idea of course it doesn't doesn't work and then and then these geniuses convinced me that that, that it really works so I, I and then then after after long long months I kind of joined joined them and. We did, we did the ICO and the, the foundation. I was the first non-founder that uh, 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 employee of of Ethereum Foundation, and then uh, of course uh, slowly moved more more from client development to, towards uh, leading leading a sub team of of of, of the the Go Ethereum team in, in 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 the in the foundation, just concentrating this this team was concentrating on Swarm. Swarm was one of the three pillars of of the of the Web three from Iset Ethereum uh, hybrid. In earlier, in as it, it was the foundation's mandate to basically bring home these components, not the public blockchain, uh, which was uh, thought about as the as the, as the CPU of the world computer, and then then and, and also other components like a messaging component and the, and the storage data storage or data component and so on. But then then things went a bit a different way, and it turned out that there's a lot more challenges with with the with the, with the blockchain that took took the the, the the full foundation's full. Uh, uh, Interest and 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 attention. So Swarm gradually uh, kind of became uh, more of a separate project, an independent project. Finally, we separated from the foundation and then had our own Swarm Foundation. And I would I would also say that uh, often often Swarm is is mentioned in connection with decentralized storage. But in fact, I start start to feel feel this storage thing is so boring. It, it reminds you of, like storage rooms and all kinds of removal company storage. It's like Uh, it's 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 much more sexy to say that it's it's a backend to 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 Web three, 
I feel like every day I was learning the real real blockchain, but when I try to run in the uh, OTC platform, I feel okay. Every day looks like I'm in, I'm in crypto, but I, it feels like I have keep up away uh, far from the real crypto in my heart. So I, I left this uh, platform and also a startup, and I joined another company, which is uh, I'm engin- as an engineer to design a system for the crypto money pool. Yeah, uh, POW pool. So it's quite crazy experience because you know. The first job there, I was trying to design the uh, ASIC, ASIC software, and I tried to uh, tune the you know call they call the the, the the notified job. It's it's like you need to uh, split the difficulty of the whole network into much easier uh, piece and send it to the miners, which may be located in some very, for example, one hundred or one thousand away. Uh, to let them to do the hash jobs, maybe they are ASIC or maybe they are the GPU machines, and then they go get back to you, you, you give them the reward. So during this stage, I, I learned how the POW works, and I learned how the like the upstream and downstream of the mining pool, and most important, I learned what's the intrinsic of the POW. So not, not quite like uh, most people think it's just a waste of energy, in my opinion. It's actually the, the very beautiful form to to transform the 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 energy so i'm not only thinking so i also go to the real uh place which is running lots of pow basic machines and i learned how how things working so it it also helped me to build the mission network because when try to when when i started to build mission network um you know the idea comes very easily but you need to talk with your friends uh the people who who can give you advice from their view and I, I, for example, I go to Sparkpool, which is which was the, uh, the biggest Ethereum POW mining pool. And some their engineer gave me advice, which is some of them are negative and some of them are positive. And also, I, I talk with some of my, uh, very, you know, they're based in different areas. They have they have different background, but but they are all can give me the advice, which I can learn some of from them. And I need to ignore some of the advice, cause if you learn. Or you hear area of the advice. Okay, looks like you have uh, you are taking something very have a very big risk, and you should not avoid doing that, right? But luckily, I uh, I trust myself, and I heard them, but I not hear of them. So I started the mission network, and started in I remember late twenty twenty, and very luckily we we have some small progress. Yeah, that's us. Thank you, Sherlock. Thank that's you, Sherlock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, also, uh, I would like to ask you, you know, you started this, uh, I mean, CyberConnect, because we know before CyberConnect, I mean, you already have very successful, you know, business in the D-Live, uh, D right? So, the yeah. film TV, yeah. So, how, what do you catch you, you know, uh, trying to move to this uh, blockchain industry? Yeah, sure. So, I got into the crypto space during the last bull market in 2017. And uh, my last project was called Lino Blockchain and uh, DLive.TV which was started in uh, Silicon Valley. And uh, uh, Lino blockchain, which is a uh, uh, content distribution blockchain. And uh, somehow it's similar to Steam blockchain, but it's more for a uh, general purpose of the decentralized content distribution. And uh, it's also based on Cosmos and Tenement. And before Terra and Luna, uh, Lino blockchain was the earliest and the biggest blockchain in the Cosmos and Tenement ecosystem. And DLive.TV uh, was the first blockchain-based uh, live stream platform based on Lino blockchain. 
and uh, we grew our US base from zero to over 1 million daily active users within six months. And we also signed PewDiePie, who is the largest YouTuber with over 100 million subscribers. And uh, But by the end of 2019, and we underestimated the um, the infrastructure cost of the live streaming and the, the market was so bearish and we have to sell, uh, sell our project. So that's my uh, previous story of the startup. And um, last year, after we've seen the uh, the DeFi summer and the NFT hype, and uh, we noticed that more and more people are talking about Web3. And uh, people are thinking that, okay, now we have the my crypto asset and my NFT asset. So what about my identity and the social on Web3? So that's when we found out that the infrastructure of the, all the identity part and the social connection part is missing. So based on the Web3 principles, so we we started the project called CyberConnect, trying to define the standard of a uh, social connection for Web3. And uh, we started this project about seven or eight months ago. And uh, right now we have over uh, 600,000 users uh, that generated over uh, 10 million connections on our protocol. And our vision is to trying to be the uh, social graph uh, infrastructure for all Web3 projects. And uh, we're very excited to to accomplish that goal. Um, so I'm happy to be very excited to be here to speak with everyone here and talk about the DID future. Thank you, Shui. You know, I mean, I like this idea, you know, for bringing founders come together to, you know, bring every builder together to give people more confidence about it. the things we're building to make the world a better world. So, and here, so I got to, uh, two very specific questions for uh, SolidConnect for Shui. Uh, we know SolidConnect is building, you know, the largest Web3 social graph, and, you know, your protocol is based on the uh, authentication of wallet addresses. So, uh, which makes every user's asset on the chain completely uh, transparent. So, could this issue of property uh, privacy affect the scale of the users? This is a question one. And, and the second question is, uh, you know, the current web application cannot uh, aggregate and display the content or dynamic published by users in different platforms. So, from the perspective of actual uh, users' experience, uh, can users, you know, personal operability and interactivity between users, uh, not so much. So what's your team doing to improve this? Could you share out the more? Yeah. Sure. So for the first question about the privacy of the user data. So yeah. that's very interesting. Um, I think the privacy on the crypto space has been a deba ongoing debating issue. So our, our assets, all of the assets on Ethereum and Bitcoin blockchain are all public and everyone can find out who has how much asset uh, on which address. So it's all transparent. So when we talk about privacy on blockchain, uh, most likely now we don't have privacy on blockchain at, at this point. But on the other hand, when we talk about privacy, we can see more and more technology like ZK, uh, <clears throat> like ZK technology. Uh, we're, trying to, we're trying to solve the user privacy, privacy issue in the future. But on the other hand, we can see um, I think privacy is somehow, if we choose privacy, somehow we have to compromise the composability. Um, it, I think we can see how the how the prosperity of the DeFi Lego uh, is building up. It is because it's all transparent, all the all the smart contracts are public, so that each protocol, each DeFi protocol, can build up on each other, can be uh, interoperable with, with each other. If if we choose privacy, 
and uh, those data can only be retrieved by the user themselves. That in some way definitely can sacrifice the composability and interoperability. So that's definitely a trade-off. But um, on the other hand, we definitely be, believe in the future um, that privacy is very important for the user, uh, especially when it comes to the identity and the social part. But at the current stage, I would say uh, the privacy issue is not just for CyberConnect or just for any one, a specific project, but it's a broader issue. It's about our infrastructure. It's about if we have such infrastructure can support the uh, user data privacy. So I would say if, if such infrastructure is not ready, uh, CyberConnect uh, will not considering any um, user privacy issue at this point, but uh, we will definitely uh, uh, improve our protocol, upgrade our protocol to, to the private version uh, once the uh, underlying infrastructure is ready for the privacy for users. So that's for question one. Um, so the question two is about how to improve the user experience by using CyberConnect protocol. So I think the the benefits of using CyberConnect is um, including two points. The first one would be, uh, first of all, we for the first time we can let the user to control all of their data. Because uh, in Web2, all of the social data are controlled by a single company. For example, uh, your your following data on Twitter, your your friends on, on Instagram are controlled by uh, Facebook or Meta, and uh, your your WeChat friends are controlled by Tencent, and so on. So on Web three, it is because the Web three technology for the first time, user can control their own data, which means they can they can delete and uh, th they can only delete and add edit their connections by users themselves instead of uh, a <coughs> big company behind that. So. That's that's first one. That's about uh, data self self sovereign. Um, the second part would be data interoperability. Um, so in Web two, uh, all the social connections, social data, and identity data, it's segregated by different big tech companies. Your your Facebook friends cannot be uh, exported to like Google or like other ecosystem. But on Web three, it's definitely possible. And uh, since all the data in, are interoperable and blockchain agnostic, so user for the first time they can, they can, the the whole the whole web is going to be user centric, which means user can decide which part of the of the data and which asset they can bring to an which app. So it's totally decided by the user. So just in summary, so the first the first benefits would be um, the data self sovereign, and uh, the second part would be uh, user can truly let their data be interoperable among different apps. Yeah, quite a protocol. And I, I understand, you know, CyberConnect is very popular in the, you know, uh, at least in the, I mean, uh, have said with the part of the world, you know, in the social part, really uh, hot. So yeah, I'll leave the rest of the, uh, you know, uh, customer question to you. So you can lead the uh, chairing and, and go ahead for the next two questions. Yeah, yeah sure. So. Our topic today is about DID. So I think the DID topic has been uh, really on hype in the last few months, but uh, we still don't have seen many use cases right now. But I believe uh, the, the speakers today will have many, many thoughts and insights on the DID side. So my first question would be, um, I think most of the blockchains and ecosystems have their own DID protocols or standard. 
And uh, right now, there's no such unified framework at the front end of Web3. So how do you see the future of the DID? So do you think that there will be a unified DID standard in the future or, or there will be like multiple DID standard? How do you think the future of the identity part of the Web3 as a whole in the future? So for this question, I would like to first invite Yisi to answer this question because I know Mask has been um, working hard for a long time on the DID and persona. So I believe you have, must have some insights on, on that question. All right, uh, thanks for the question, Xu. And then, um, yes, uh, we have been thinking about like uh, identity stuff, related stuff uh, since long. And then um, here's, my uh, here's my answer. So uh, for the first uh, one, you were, uh, you were uh, mentioning, uh, is there gonna be a unified like DID standard where there will be many? My answer would be like, um, oh no, seriously, I, I don't really know that because, like, um, I saw like DIF Decentralized Identity Foundation, um, was formed like years ago, and then there was also another like DID. Well, they uh, got this like DID standard, uh, with many other uh, giant companies, uh, but I, I don't really think that's gonna be the unified standard in the future. Uh, I always believe in de facto standards since like that will be like natural to many other projects if like a lot of, a lot of different projects adopt the same like protocol uh, that will be the only or will be on the real de facto standard and then um for now i don't think there will be uh, uh, for now i don't think like many projects are adopting the same one so i guess there will be still like be many uh different standards for now but in the future there will be like the uh, uh, once like uh, we know how like DID works or once we know how like different issues or different concerns can be solved in in, in which way I think on uh, that will be the time like the uh, everybody adopts the same like standard and for the section or for the rest of the question I will say that um DID is a a really hot topic since like on um, I guess since they um the foundation of, of like the web because like we have been thinking about or we have been talking about like identities uh since we are uh like since we are browsing the internet um uh in web 2 like uh world um the unified like identity could be your email address or it could be your like twitter or facebook account and um there's no like one single uh, account that controls everything well for sure, there 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 used to be uh, one thing called like Open ID that you can log in like different platforms with your like Google or Facebook or Twitter account uh, without like uh, without like worrying about like uh, remembering different passwords or different like usernames to different platforms. But that's a really that, that's a huge pain because all all of these like giant companies like Google or Facebook controls like your history controls your identities log into different platforms so in web3 uh, the the solution we are providing is one single like private key or one single persona that you will only need to use this persona to sign in different uh, like platforms like on um, there there is one thing called like sign in with ethereum that you can use your like ethereum wallet to sign in different platforms and then there were also other like MetaMaster login or some other uh, related stuff. 
I believe this this is going to be the, the de facto standards to DIDs. And then um, uh, for sure, like uh, Mask has been working on how we can combine your identities together because in Web3 or in, in the future, you can't really just abandon all your previous accounts, like your Twitter account or even your like, WeChat account. We want to find a way to connect everything together, like uh, like how CyberConnects does this. They um, they, they allow users to connect their Twitter account with their like, Ethereum uh, wallet. They can also, I, I guess, they can also support Solana wallets. So um, by connecting all of your identities together, you can finally just uh, log in with one single wallet or log in with one single account to different platforms without like worrying about like uh, creating multiple ones. And in this thing, in in such setting, you can also like build up your like Web three comprehensive like credit history um, because every single of your like identities are connected together. You're not building one like credit history for one account. You are building for a whole one. And then that'll be my um, answer to this. Sorry, I've been, I'm kind of tired. So uh, it's going to be kind of like a messy, but you guys can get the point. Yeah, thank, <clears throat> thank you. It's, it's very insightful. Thanks for sharing. So next next one, I'm going to ask Harsh. So I know EPNS right now is based on uh, Ethereum address. Um, when you identify a user, you basically uh, ask the user to input their address and uh, based on their subscription and uh, on-chain activities to push some notifications. So, I mean, you definitely are thinking about how you how the identity of the web user is going to evolve in the future. So I would like to also hear your thoughts on the DID and how, how EPNS is going to integrate or, or um, work on the DID part in the future. Got it. Uh, so, she you like... Uh, uh... I mean, DID for us is very, very interesting. I think DID for Web3 is very, very interesting. Like building on what uh, uh, Yusu uh, just said, uh, that, you know, uh, in Web2, you have uh, uh, individual identities of Facebook and Twitter, and they control your identities. But in Web3, what we need to realize is that we have a shared identity. Uh, even in the case of using an address, like a Ethereum address, it's a shared username or shared identity because we log in. Uh, to Ethereum dApps using the same wallet address. Uh, one thing, what uh, uh, one thing, what we always knew when we started was that you know a username uh, cannot be just one Ethereum account or cannot be just one EVM account, uh, which is why you know we started with the multi-chain factor. Even when we are uh, known as Ethereum push notification service, and that's where DID comes in uh, very, very strongly, uh, because our vision and the way we are working towards is is that you, as a user, you will use various apps, maybe connected to multiple Ethereum accounts, but most likely it will be connected to multiple blockchains and within them multiple accounts of those blockchain and what we wanted to do was you know create a unified way by which uh, these web3 services can send any communication out whether it's an on-chain activity or whether it's even uh, something that the version is getting updated or any off-chain activities like let's say uh ens domain name expiry so all of it uh, basically gets tied to the because that's the cleanest way of doing it. And also, you know, once you start looking at DID in that aspect, you also realize like DID is so powerful 
again, as has been mentioned, that DID can form your identity in the future, that these are the things you have done. You combine POs of all your accounts. And right now, you don't have something. But I think in the future, you will have something that can prove that you are a developer or that can prove your history. And based on that, you can still be pseudo-anonymous, which is the Web3 way and which is the right way, but still be verifiable. So that's what I believe. I think the idea is going to be the future. Thank you, Harsh. Right, yes. Yeah. Thank you, Harsh. Thank you, you know, I'll take over from here. And, uh, you know, uh, this is a question for Victor, because we know Swarm is a Ethereum Foundation backed project, and you, I mean, Portugal allows uh, storage, bandwidth, and computing resources for mining pools to support the Ethereum network, right? As we know, uh, for the decentralized storage, there's a protocol libraries. They, they do not actually punish your storage, but you have a very uh, specific penalty mechanism of the storage. So would you could give us more background about uh, the reason, the logistic behind this? Will this affect uh, of a bring more users as well? Oh, uh, so you want to talk about that? I thought I thought to agree with the uh, the idea. Yeah, uh, well, if you if you have more to share about the idea, just feel free. Yeah, to go. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, just, uh, I mean, there's a lot, lot to be said again, but, but I, I think I think I, I want to go for the, the less boring option and say a bit, bit, bit deeper and, and provocative thing about it. I think I think identity is a bit overrated in the, in the web space. I, I, in fact, I think identity is not 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 being a problem because it's it's actually finally finally defined well with with with, with an address that has that has that has uh, attached to it uh, whatever resources in in terms of currency. And uh, since since anonymity and reputation can be linked together, since since these technological advances have been made, uh, you you actually don't need to worry whether someone is an identity or not. In fact, uh, you can you think of the old adage saying that on the internet you know, no one knows you're a dog, uh, or on the blockchain no one knows you're a fridge. In this in this in this sense, you no one no one no one cares whether you're a, you're an AI agent or, or whatever. But what matters is is, is your reputation, your your history, or 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 or, or solve everything with with trustless uh, trustless enforcement, which means that even reputation is not needed. Uh, so I I think overall overall I, I, the, the I, I, identity is a bit overrated. It's, it's, it's in fact you can say somewhat ironically that it's even an impediment. Uh, so it's, it's a constraint in in the in the battery world where finally you can express uh, different personas independently. Uh, Keeping your privacy on the one hand, or uh, join forces and and and, and co coordinate, so as so we act as, as one entity with with, with a sufficient uh, rigorous coordination. Therefore, like question of identity in terms of any particular action or, or concern becomes a bit more relevant. Uh, of course, of course, there's there's a, there's a lot more to, to be said about it in the in the in the, in the narrow narrow context of swan swan incentivization. There, the there the biggest problem with identity is, is that you. You, you want to claim a certain part of the of the of the of the revenue pot for 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 storage and then want to redistribute it fairly to the to the ones involved in contributing to to, to storage and not the beta services. The, the the problem with that is that is that uh, whatever proof proof you show, uh, then uh, you, you it's 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 not not clear whether whether you're entitled to it or not. It's like the the, the good old old word problem of uh, distributing some some money among those that contributed. It suddenly presents a big problem, and therefore we have to jump the, jump this hoop with, with various various tricks. And and uh, quite, a, quite a important mechanism is is, is again uh, uh, 
using 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 stake to 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 not 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 to not to exclude that that extra identities we get uh, rewards for the for the same for the same work. So basically, by proliferation of identities, you, you gain more. But, but if you distribute the, the revenue uh, among uh, equ equally uh, 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 performing uh, uh, identities based on their stake, then basically there's there's not going to be uh, uh, incentive to to to, to proliferate the, the, the identities and 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 therefore at least at least harm to the network is is taken care of. Uh, there's, there's, there's are a little bit more sophisticated ways to 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 to, to uh, guard against this uh, and 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 ensure that only only the only the ones that contributed independently uh, get rewarded for the for the uh, contribution to to the storage. But but uh, but this is involve some technical complexity and and that we shouldn't go into this is necessary now. Right, yes, yeah. thanks for sharing your thoughts on this too. And uh, are you working? Say it again. <laughs> Sorry, are you working on the street? Yeah. Say it again, sorry. <laughs> yeah, don't worry, never mind. You know. So, actually, my question, you know, also because uh, Winners Worms are very leading uh, decentralized starting, you know, uh, on the screen. So, uh, my curiosity is like, uh, uh, as when a fly town, they do not punish the storage, right? People can start anything they would like to. But for Swarm, there's actually a penalty system. So, uh, what's the logic behind this? I mean, well, how do people accept that? You know? what, what do you mean by this penalty system? Uh, I mean, you guys, uh, from what I know, so you will punish people uh, like the storage, like a useless information on Swarm. No, it's, it's completely not. Uh, not what, what do you punish? We, we, we basically, basically, there, there, there's going to be some, some sort of taking in which in which uh, those those uh, those uh, committee nodes that, that committed to storing certain uh, certain parts of the of the network, uh, and, and and they fail to fail to prove so, they're going to be slashed of their stake. Right, right. I see. I see. Yeah. Thank you, so, time, Victor. Yeah, I'll move the question to Cheryl for the probably the last space uh, due to time limitation. So for Mason Network, Cheryl, would you like to share with us, you know, how does Mason Intervention support the wave of decentralized, uh, you know, the social graph and the DID? What's your view for the future of the uh, storage and the, you know, the Web3 CDN service? Yeah, yeah, thanks. Uh, let me answer the, the, the first uh, previous questions about the, the DID protocols uh, and also the, the unified framework, the, the standard. So. Well, DID have we, we, we do we need a, a standard for the DID or the protocols? My answer is, uh, we need a protocol. We need, we need the standard, but we don't need to right now. For example, find some people to uh some some rules to to tell to specify that wow, this is called DID rules or DID protocols, and all the people need to follow this. But in my opinion, the the, the answer will be uh the people who. Uh, yes, be let's take a case for example, like Ethereum, right? The Ethereum address or the ENS they have already become the the DID in real. So when you have uh ENS or when you have a Ethereum address, the EVM compatible uh, or uh, address, then you can go some EVM compatible chain like uh Polygon, like PSC or like any other. For example, like I don't know, maybe Filecoin will, will do the EVM compatible uh. uh 
the sorry being compatible with the their virtual machine and also maybe Solana will do the same thing. So looks like alright I already have the, the DID. And second, do we find some people who, who to uh make some rules? Uh I think it's not necessary because if you look the history, right, the people who build the, the protocol for all the standards for, for the network layer, you know, in early stage, uh the world the, the, the professor and the, the professional come together, they say, okay, we need the standard for the network layer and we use the OSI, seven layers, right? So when we learn the, the computation network, we, we know that it's a complete network. So, but actually in the truth, what's the real network layer we use? We use TCP IP, it's four layer or at most five layer. So TCP IP is not be ruled by some like authority entities, but most of people use that because it's, it's convenient and, and it's it's fulfilled fit to the truth in reality. It's not quite perfect, like it's not quite perfect like the layer designed by OSI, but it's it's a people used and it becomes the truth. That, that's that's the thing's gonna be happening in the web three world. Like if Ethereum address or the EVM compatible address gonna be used by most of applications, then it will be the real uh DIDs. Okay, that that that's the first thing I want to share with. The second is, uh, Paul, you mean, you mean how, how Mission can support the, the DID, right? And our- Yes, not only the DID, but also the decentralized social graphs, you know, uh, including protocols like SubConnect, you know, social, uh, Web3 social networks, right? And like, you know, mask network, yeah. Uh, yeah, so for the DID, uh, actually it's just a mechanism or some co-design. I, I don't think right now Mission has, has some way to support this. Yeah, but, but we can support the, the, the service providers behind them. And for the source graph uh, and some like any other social network, the projects could be in this. Uh, yeah, they make it much easier for, for, for engineers or tech guys who know. Uh, we offer them the bandwidth, we offer them the CDN, and we offer them to optimize the router, right? For example, if you have some nodes and you need to distribute it to some specific data, you are like, uh, Pieces data, for example, you you need to uh, ha- have some videos, and you need you will have some slides which distributed to some specific area, and then you assemble in in this place. We, we can uh, optimize for that. So, which means uh, we offer a general service, but we can do some customization for the social part. And yeah, that th- that's the answer for that. And then the, the next is about the vision for the. Future story and DCN, yeah, very coincidence. Uh, I just talked with my uh, co-founder uh, this afternoon, and we we talk about how to make the product more easier and more convenient to the users. You know, actually, we don't want to uh, offer or build something which only work in the laboratory. Right? You have a fabulous, perfect design, and in the mathematical, it's perfect. In the real product, it's perfect and tech problem solved and it's have very high performance. But then when you deliver, when you ship it to the market, no one wants to use it. A few people, people use it. You told them, okay, I have like, for example, uh, high, higher TPS, more decentralized, and blah, 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 you said lots of words, but the market, the users in, in, the, in the market, just, just don't use your product, don't use your service. They find something who can satisfy them, who can solve their demands, right? So, in my opinion, uh, the future storage is going to experience um, uh, some, 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 some kind of stage. The, the first, they, they need the, the walls 
needs to know that we need something like called decentralized storage. And I think Filecoin, Swarm, uh, I think the protocol that they designed, and also Wave and any other design for, for decentralized storage, it's all good. Yeah, because we were just the first is trying to solve the problem we met. And decentralized storage can solve part of the problem we met in before. And then second, we, we need to step by step to customize for some, uh, some, some specific like features, which means, for example, if users right now cares more about the uh, maybe NFT, right? And NFT, most of them are, are just like uh, one megabytes or, or several megabytes of the images. So maybe the story can be optimized for that, right? And then, for example, in uh, late this year or, or, or next year, people find, okay, we need something called GameFi, and GameFi, we need more or higher bandwidth and higher requests for storage and high availability. And during that case, we found, okay, maybe the storage can be uh, customized for the uh, a much bigger slice of the storage, right? And I think it, it will not go in a hurry, but it will just like steps and, and in different stage, some storage project will fulfill the market. And then the future, right? In the maybe a very late future, the, the, the storage has, uh, has lots of adoption. During that stage, we need something which can give, give users lots of choice. For example, if users want to use uh, the central storage, it's good. They can go to the one entry, the same entry, and behind them, you, you, you can find, for example, you can find AWS S3, you can find the, the Google Foundation, find, find the, the Alibaba Cloud. And then if the user want to have the, the central storage, like Sua, right? He, he don't need to like go to Victor. He, he said, okay, in this platform or in, in anything else, I can use this service. I can just directly use the BCC, use the, the like field, use the AR. And the most important thing is they need to have the same interface for users and for developers. Let's take it for example, if you are using the, uh, if you are a developer or you are the engineer in the project, you, you try to use the storage. The best choice is, uh, you, you just design your architecture and you design your interface and then the, the things used behind the, the, the real uh, storage entity is compatible. For example, they're compatible with S3. So if, if you use the protocol designed by S3 and all the projects support this, which means users just write the same code, the same pattern, then they can use all the storage feature. So that, that, that's my answer for that part. And for the CDNs, uh, yeah, sorry, can, if you want to serve the users, the storage, the disk can't get rid of the bandwidth, right? So I think that they, they are not on, alone. They, they always go together. Yeah, this answer is thanks for all. Thank you, Leon. Thank you, everyone. And uh, if uh, any of the speakers that have uh, like the inquiry or you know, questions for another speaker, you can feel free to ask right now, uh, or you can communicate in our tele group anytime just so everyone can stay in touch and we try to build more you know cooperation in the future and we could work together in this web3 uh, infrastructure or application you know service feed to make a better web3 for everyone and bring more value for this uh, you know crypto blockchain world you know so um anyone has anything to share or we got to close the space right Okay, she so we wait, wait, wait. I, I want to learn from the Victor. Hey, Victor, okay. can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, swarm. Yeah, <laughs> I have learned swarm for quite, quite a while, and 
you know, I, I, I saw the RSH when we opened talks of Syria, and we will see the BTD, the swarm below, and we also see the, the launch of the swarm. Can you share with me, uh, as you are the founder and the product lead, what's the, the recent problem or challenge you met in, in swarm? Technically, scalability issues, and then and the basic basic protocols are working. I think I think Swarm is quite quite reliable these days. Uh, the the only problem, of course, which is which is uh, uh, causing you know dissatisfaction, obviously, with, with with token holders, is that the 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 incentive set is not complete until we have uh, the storage incentives properly aligned with 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 the with the fact that node operators and token holders are not the same set. So basically, we need to provide a redistribution uh, mechanism that's fair to, to redistribute the the, the, the income uh, taken from the from the postage stamps, which uploaders need to attach to to, to chunks pieces of data. Basically, this this coordinates their storage rent in 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 short, and 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 redistribute that uh, network wide to to the nodes that contribute storage. And this this storage incentives uh, proves to be a, a very hard problem that we we've tackling for for years. And now now we have a solution, and it's going to come out this year and complement the. The, 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 the low level design of Swarm. So basically, make it complete with, with both bandwidth incentives and, and storage incentives so that uh, resources are allocated optimally in the network. That was the original premise of Swarm so that you have a self sustaining and uh, infrastructure where individual nodes can take part either by contributing these resources or paying for them uh, according to their, their needs and, and, and then according to the demand and, and the supply of these, of these resources. And, and of course, at the same time, being very neutral in terms of content and private in terms of accessibility, uh, and potentially private in terms of accessibility, and at the same time, being permissionless for publishing, so there's no gatekeepers. It's a proper decentralized storage network. And so the the, the main challenge has been tackled, and and we are we are we are in the stage of implementing it currently. So it's 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 going to see the light probably in a, in a few months' time. And and and, and that from from there on, if there's any profit to be made on on, on storage, if there's if there's any uh, interest in which, which I'm sure there will be in 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 in, in unstoppable applications and, and and any need for for censorship resistance storage and 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 and, and, and content distribution, then then this the, the the profits can be can be expressed and 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 the the. The miners, so to say, the storage, all the, all the operators will be incentivized to take part in the network, and that's when that's when really the small ecosystem is expected to start to flourish properly. Right. Yeah. Thank you, uh, Victor. Yeah. Um, th 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 thanks, Victor. I also have some questions uh, with the Harsh. Hey, Harsh. Hey, Shalom. <laughs> yeah, you know, before the the first case, I just ask you, uh, how 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 how's the design of the the push notifications? Can, can you share with us your uh design for for the service? You know, push push service it's it's not not easy, and I think uh more, lots of people will will need or lots of product will need service like this. And the the first is can can you share with us how how the idea come from and how you design the mechanism, and second um. What's the next step? Because right now it's only focused on Ethereum, right? And will you considering uh compatible with other service, or will you still focus on Ethereum? Got it. Uh, I'll just answer the question in the reverse order because I think uh, uh, question one will take a bit more time. Uh, but yeah, uh, coming to question two, like uh, what's the next steps? 
so yeah, we are very excited about wallet-to-wallet uh, communication that's going to be coming out in Q3. And even more than that, we are excited to basically expand the presence beyond Ethereum. So right now we are focusing on layer twos, but we are going to come on different chains as well. So Cosmos, uh, Solana, whatever chains are very, very popular or wherever people need these communications or notifications, we'll be there. Uh, coming to the question, like, uh, how did we get this idea? And uh, then later on, the architecture. So how we got this idea? Well, I actually was a mobile app and games entrepreneur back in 2010. So uh, at that point of time, uh, we were going through something which is similar uh, of experience at Web3 right now, wherein there was no push notification. So everyone used to go back uh, to Orkut or to Gmail and to see if they have any emails. And that really was breaking the Web2 interface as well because uh, uh, you need push notifications. You cannot handle more than two, three apps if you're not doing push notifications. In fact, this meeting was a push notification for most of us. We were not on Twitter and then Twitter said that this is happening. We were doing something totally unrelated and a push notification popped in and that got us in. So uh, because I was there in 2010 uh, as a mobile uh, game entrepreneur, I and at that point of time, Apple had launched uh, their uh, communication layer for Web2. So I was able to study that. At the time, there was no abstraction. Programming on Apple was very, very crappy. So you had to do everything on your own. And that kind of worked because 10 years later, I used to, I got to invent that for Web3. Web3 is completely different architecture than Web2. Uh, but yeah, that's that's how we started. Uh, how did we get to know that push wired? So the reason for this story was that it's always a full circle for me uh, in one way when, you know, as I shared, like when I started uh, uh, my entrepreneur journey or decentralized entrepreneur journey in 2019, I was looking for problems that has not been solved. And this led me to basically compare the experience of damn art contracts with their counterparts or, you know, with their lesser counterparts of Web2. And very quickly, I realized like the basic thing that is missing and that is so crucial for infrastructure is notifications or communication. Because PayPal, Venmo payments, I I basically get an alert. Important emails, I get an alert. Twitter, social, or any other social, I get a push notification. Or even when we are talking on WhatsApp, we get a push notification. But uh, coming to Web3, you know, there's complete silence because wallet addresses, there was no way to communicate. Even, you know, if you're sending something to my crypto wallet address, not an exchange, but my crypto wallet address, or non-custodial crypto wallet address, uh, there's no notification even for something as basic as sending or getting money. Uh, and, you know, it only gets tougher when a smart contract exploit happens or when, you know, you use DeFi or when you use governance or when you use uh, uh, any other apps or any other web things. So that is when we realized that, you know, uh, the communication on notifications for Communication starting with notifications needs to be built by Web3. And then the architecture of push notification, yeah, it's very, very tricky. It's very complicated. But we are, we were basically able to figure it out because we looked at Ethereum and we realized like <clears throat> Ethereum or any other blockchain for that matter, they do it really beautifully. You have your backend that stores the data and that is distributed and decentralized. And then you have a front end that taps into that data and that displays the data. 
which basically enables a shared user experience where a user on MetaMask can do something and then can go to, let's say, Trust Browser and can see uh, and can carry on different operations and then even see all the transactions on uh, uh, Scan. So that was the idea that that was realized that we need to have communications uh, address that is indexed and stored in this uh, uh, distributed decentralized system. And then any crypto front end, no, and then to make the network open, so any crypto front end can just tap into this and can just say, hey, what are the, my communication for Sherlock.at? And, you know, the push, that's that's what we call them, uh, the push nodes or the push network. The push network will basically reply, these are the communications out. And at that point of time, uh, uh, you can choose as to how to display it out. You can either use a WSS socket connection, so you're listening to the network constantly, and as soon as a communication is coming, you display it out. You can use the pull mechanism, wherein you're not bothering the user with the alerts, but when they log into, let's say, your crypto wallet uh, or any other crypto wallet, uh, you're just displaying it out. Or you can even use something which we call it as a Web3 to Web2 bridge, wherein these communications by the wallet address, they're also mapped to the specific mobile app device ID. And because they are mapped, so as soon as a communication comes to that particular wallet, it can be basically pushed out using Web2 push notification methods. I hope that was... Uh, that was yes, thank you, Harsh. That's a very delicate design, you know. And uh, hopefully that's a change, you know, for because, you know, makes it, uh, uh, you know, uh, web-based infrastructure that can work, and I think it's something we can do together you know, in the coming future. And uh, also, for our uh, co-host, Shri, you know, for CyberConnect, every, uh, everyone, I mean, there's a big announcement next week from the CyberConnect, so we can stay tuned and we can follow Shri or follow CyberConnect to talk about the coming news, you know. And thank you, Victor. Thank you, Harsh. Thank you, Isu. Thank you, Shri. Thank you, everyone. For, uh, thank you, guys. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. Take care. <laughs> Thanks, good time, Harsh. Yeah. See you guys. Bye.